Welcome to the Fremont Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. We are a family of believers who meet in Fremont, Indiana every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are attempting to follow Jesus by loving God and loving people. If you would like to support Fremont Community Church, go to www.fremontcommunity.org. into God's word for today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this room, and I thank you for what you're doing in our church. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Prepare us, O God. Make us ready to hear from you. And bring us into a relationship with you, Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. There was one thing that I did want to mention, really, before we go into that, and that is tomorrow is the day that we remember Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And uh, I just want to honor what I believe is ha- was a move of the Holy Spirit. It was led by this Christian man, uh, Pastor and um, I, we have just come through one of the most racially divided years in the last, I don't know, several decades. And we as the church need to be speaking to the truth that in Christ there is no longer Jew, nor Greek, nor slave, nor free, nor black, nor white, nor male, nor female. So that, that's from the Bible, by the way, except for the black, nor white, I put that part in. But it's, in, it's implied that in Christ we are one family. We need to be standing up for those. Jesus stood up for those who were poor and marginalized and oppressed by their culture. And we, as the people of God, need to join him in that fight. Um, So be praying as we move into 2021 that God will, one, pray over our own hearts that if there's anything left of that in us, that it would be eradicated. But second, that would give us the boldness to speak when the time to speak arises. Amen? Amen. All right. Now. We have been in an interesting season <laughs> as a country, right? And because of a lot of stuff that's gone on in, in very public ways in regards to, specifically, the gift of prophecy. There's been quite a few prophets who prophesied things and then later on came back and said, we're sorry, we were wrong, and there's people upset about that, and there's people saying, no, they weren't wrong, or whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to speak to that issue. But I do want to bring teaching from the Word of God on how the gifts of the Holy Spirit should operate. Are you with me? And so, for the next three weeks, this week and the next two weeks, uh, you know, as the Lord wills, we are going to be diving into uh, this topic of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And we are going to interweave Sunday morning and our Wednesday night Bible studies. So, Sunday morning is going to be our 30,000-foot view of the gifts of the Spirit, where we're going to hit the most important stuff, the stuff that we need to, kind of the the general understanding stuff. 
Spiritual Gifts 101, so to speak, okay, will be Sunday mornings because we don't have a lot of time here, and also because it's my belief, my understanding that this time, and we've talked about this before, but this, that this time in our, this Sunday morning space in our body as a church is to operate as a prophetic space, a space where what's God saying to the body of Christ in this week? And when I begin to prepare for sermons, etc., that is what's in my head. God, what are you saying to us for this moment and this time? And so that's more what these three weeks are going to be like on Sunday mornings. But on Wednesday nights, and not just for the next three weeks, but just until we're done, and I don't know when that's going to be, but until we're done, we are going to be drilling down verse by verse, word by word, through the passages in the New Testament where uh, the gifts of the Spirit are named and their use is taught. So we are going to be doing a, a very in-depth study on what the Bible has to say about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our Wednesday night class. And as of last Wednesday, and this was just kind of a decision I, I made coming out of our week of prayer um, as of last Wednesday, I am going to be opening the building Wednesday nights at 6.30, from 6.30 to 7.30 as a corporate prayer time. It might, it might just be me during that time, and that's fine. But I'm going to be opening the building from 6.30 to 7.30 as a corporate prayer time. So if you want to come and you want to spend that hour in prayer, and then we will be holding Bible study here live, but we will also continue to be on Facebook uh, uh, and then eventually on YouTube. And hopefully we don't have the internet problems that we had last Wednesday, which were ridiculous. But, okay, so is that plan, or is everybody with me on that? This is yes, this is no? Okay, great. So, 30,000-foot view on Sunday mornings. Going to drill down into the dirty details on Wednesday nights, and I think it's going to be really fun. This is you know, this is a topic that we don't talk about that often, but as a church living after Pentecost, we are a people who ought to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in our midst. And not only that, but this body has been prophesied over numerous times as being a hub for prayer and the prophetic. So we ought to know how it works. We ought to be familiar with what the Bible has to say, and we ought to we need to soak in this so that we can operate according to God's word. So I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start with verse 4, and then we're going to launch off from there. Okay. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, 
to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. So, this morning, for our kind of introduction into our conversation around, we already got started on Wednesday night, uh, but our introduction to the Sunday morning portion of our conversation around the gifts of the Spirit, I want to talk about this precious person that we call the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about this beautiful individual that the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the fire of God. He has lots of interesting titles. The Spirit of God. We are Christians. We believe, even as we spoke in our, in our uh, statement this morning, that we worship God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? We believe in this person who is called the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is God. We believe that He is as much God as the Father and as much God as the Son. He's not a lesser part of God. He is not a lower part of God. He is just as much a part of the Godhead as God the Father and God the Son, a.k.a. Jesus. Okay, he has pre-existed for all time as God. There was never a time when the Holy Spirit was not God, and there was never a time when God was not the Holy Spirit. He has always been a part. In fact, we find him in Genesis chapter 1 right at the beginning. It says, the earth was without form and void, but the Spirit of God hovered over the waters that's a really, if you do a study on that particular verse, it's fascinating because the picture there is a mother hen hovering over her eggs. It's this picture of the Holy Spirit just hovering over the potentiality of what will soon be creation and beginning to bring chaos to order, to bring uh, darkness into light. This is how the Holy Spirit operates. He is beautiful. He is awesome. We don't know his name. His name is Holy Spirit. We, he, may, he may have another name. We don't know. Uh, uh, but, but anyway, it's, you know, we know Jesus, and then we, we know Father, and we call him Yahweh. But Yahweh would actually refer to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Am I on? Am I, is that, would you agree with me on that, Dad? Okay. My mom and dad are in the off, audience this morning, and that always makes me a little nervous. But, um, you know... We're going to hang out after this, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get called on any finer points of theology. No, he's never done that. He's always been incredibly supportive, and he's always proud of me, even when I've screwed up. So, that's the truth. And we see the Holy Spirit in action from the very earliest parts of Scripture and all the way through. We see the Holy Spirit moving on the prophets, and they begin to speak the word of God, you know, they would, they talk about it, and the, and the word of the Lord came, and we see the Holy Spirit descending upon them. We see the Holy Spirit moving 
through the judges. We see the Holy Spirit anointing the kings of Israel, at least the ones that, that loved God and followed God. We see the Holy Spirit moving upon them. We see the Holy Spirit anointing different people all through the Old Testament. Over and over again, the Holy Spirit showing up to empower God's people to do the things God has called them to do. And then finally, we hear in the Gospels, we hear that Mary is going to be given a child by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's nothing sexual uh, involved there. That's not what was going on. But the Holy uh, Jesus became incarnate within Mary's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. The angel Gabriel told her that the Spirit of the Lord would overshadow her, would cover her. And then the child that she bore would be called the Son of God. And as Jesus begins to minister and operate and do the things that Jesus did, especially in the book of Luke, we see that the Holy Spirit was active in Jesus that whole time. You see, because Jesus did the miracles that Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was not acting out of his power and authority as the Son of God so much as he was acting out of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was upon him as prophesied by the Scriptures. And Jesus did that so that he could turn around and say to his disciples, all the stuff I've been doing you will do and greater things than these shall you do. Why? Because he did it the way we do it. By the power and cooperation with, partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus would get up every day and say, Father, what are you doing? And the Holy Spirit would say, let's go over here, Jesus. And Jesus would go over there. And there's several places. One of my favorite ones uh, talks about the time when they lowered the man through the roof. You know that, that story? Uh, the paraplegic. His friends wanted him to get healed, so they skipped the line. And they dug through the roof and just lowered him right in front of Jesus. That must have been an interesting moment, right? Imagine the owner of the house. <laughs> you know? I mean, I always wanted a skylight, but this is a little much. The Bible says right there in the book of Luke, it says the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit was present to heal them all. So the miracles Jesus did, he did because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that drove Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting, immediately following his baptism. And then we get to the end of the book of John, and Jesus begins to talk to us about the next phase. Jesus is about to go to the cross, and he is going to rise from the dead, but then he's going to ascend. But the church isn't, isn't over. Jesus' ministry isn't over. Jesus' ministry is just beginning at that point, because... He is going to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I will ask of the Father, and the Father will send another helper. Let's read it. This is John chapter 14, starting with verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's skip ahead to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. 
And then the next chapter, verse 26, John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And then verse chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is being judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus begins to tell them in his final speech to them in the upper room as he's talking to them in we think some of that might have even happened as they were walking on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where they're going to pray. And Jesus is telling them about the Holy Spirit that's going to come. I know you're freaking out because you see that I, I'm telling you I'm going to die and I'm telling you that I'm going away, but it's really okay. In fact, he tells them, it's better for me to go. It's better for me to go. How many times have you said, wouldn't it have been amazing to be here when Jesus was walking around on the earth and to see all this? And Jesus says, no, you've got it better now. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It's really hard to believe. But Jesus, you were like there. You had skin on. That would have been nice, you know. For the record, Jesus still has skin on. We just don't, you know. But now he is present with us by his Holy Spirit. Jesus said to us, I'm sending you another helper who will be with you forever. And we see following Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, the moment in Acts chapter 2 where our particular branch of the kingdom of God gets its name on the day of Pentecost. They were all together in the upper room asking for, Jesus had told them, do not leave but stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So they're hanging out in the upper room, the same upper room that they had had their last meal with Jesus, and they're praying for the gift of the Father. They don't even know what that is. And all of a sudden, they're, when they're all together and they're all in unity, this sound of a rushing wind comes pouring in. I mean, can you imagine this? I loved, I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite an imaginative person. I don't know if you know that about me. You probably do. And I always love to put myself in these moments, right? And can you imagine, okay? You've been praying day and night in this upper room with somewhere around 100 people-ish. It's been about 10 days, okay? Probably did not smell great in that room. Just going to be honest with you? You ever been to like a summer camp? Now make it last 10 days, okay? That's what we're talking about. They've been praying day and night for around 10 days since Jesus had ascended, and they've been staying there as Jesus had commanded them, praying all the time, asking for the coming of the Father. They had made some very important group decisions at this time. But now they're just waiting. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes the sound of a mighty rushing wind. 
Okay, now, you know, you, you see the, the guys that live in the trailer park that are, you know, got hit by a tornado. It sounded like a freight train, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if it was like that. I don't know. It just says a mighty rushing wind. <laughs> okay, so they are, and I've actually seen video of a service where the Holy Spirit moved powerfully and and the mighty rushing wind sound broke out in that service and you can hear it on the microphones and it literally sounds like that like somebody's just blowing on that and and the people are all yelling and shouting and and stuff was happening it was pretty crazy but anyway that whole village got saved it was awesome but there as they gathered together in prayer for concentrated asking for the move of the spirit whatever that means and then the holy spirit drops down in the room and there's this mighty rushing wind and all of a sudden fire comes and it landed and it's at first it's a big ball of fire but then it splits up and, it, and little tongues of fire land on each person's head boom and then they begin speaking with other tongues this party is crazy as the Spirit gives them utterance, they begin speaking with other tongues. And it's so loud and obnoxious that people outside are going, what is happening up there? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And in that moment, the church is born. And from that moment, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers becomes the mark of a new movement that would spread out from that place to conquer the world. And we have seen it. And we are standing here today on the other side of the world, speaking in an entirely different language. And we still have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit the way that they were 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody get excited about that. The gift of the Holy Spirit continued to move forward, and I don't have time to follow, to trace the outpourings of the Holy Spirit through history. I would love to, because I love to hear the stories about the times when God showed up in unpredictable, incredible ways and shifted everything, and we believe that God is about to do it again in this region. That there is a move of the Spirit I heard the Lord say this week to me, I heard him say, this, this is, I'm still really chewing on this, I don't know how to interpret it fully, but I heard the Lord say to me, you're an inch from revival. And I was like, yes, Lord. And he said, I'm really just waiting until you have fully forgotten how to do revival. Because when you, dis when you recognize that you no longer know how to do revival, you won't attempt to control me. That hurt a little bit. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm holy amnesia. Lord, bring it. I, wanna, I don't want to think that I know. Because every time the Holy Spirit has shown up, it's been radically different. And it's been, uh, the Holy Spirit tends to do things in confrontational ways. He loves to move in opposition to the idols of the generation in which he is pouring out his spirit. When I think about the Jesus people movement, okay, the movement that swept my dad into, back into Jesus and into ministry, the Holy Spirit was moving amongst hippies. Hippies! This can't be allowed. People were coming into church with long hair and beards and bare feet and not bathing. We don't know what to do. That was, that was, what, that was what the majority of the church was saying at the time. These young people think they know about God. They don't know about God. But there they were, hungry for Jesus. And the churches that said, yes, Lord, whatever you want to do, even if it's with hippies, we're in. Those churches are the ones that are still affecting the world today. 
But there were churches that said no, and those churches fell away to irrelevance because they missed the move of the Holy Spirit. And my question to the Lord has been in these last few years, oh God, don't let me miss it. Because it's not going to look the way I think it's going to look, and it's not going to look the way it looked last time, and it's probably going to be using people that I don't think God should be using. Now, why? Now, that's probably how most people feel about me, right? So, I'm okay with this. <laughs> but I wanted to take this morning, before we go and we begin to talk about the gifts and how they should operate inside the body, and I wanted to remind you of this beautiful person we call the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you this morning, I want to invite you into a, a new or renewed relationship with this incredible person. I want to invite you to have the guts to ask him to become a friend of yours. I want you to know the people who are friends of the Holy Spirit They tend to be strange people. But isn't that what the Bible says? We're a peculiar people. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, said, I'm going to be a fool for somebody. I might as well be a fool for Jesus, right? Foolish enough to believe that Jesus still does the things that he used to do. Foolish enough to believe that the Holy Spirit is still present in ways that are unexplainable. Foolish enough to believe that when we ask God to do things, he'll do them. Foolish enough to say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in my personal life and in our life as a congregation. I'm going to tell you a story. I was... Uh, about 16 years old. And I had a habit at the time. I was absolutely in love with Jesus. Jesus had set my life on fire. And we were in the middle of these crazy renewal times where all this crazy stuff was happening. If you ever want to hear Dad tell that story, I'll have him come and share those stories again because that's, they're great stories. And they're, the, they're the, what formed me and made me who I am, the way God moved in those days. And we had a powerful, a vibrant youth group. And uh, I was a part of that youth group, and I was, a little, I was a little crazy, but that's okay, right? We're okay with that. And, uh, and one of the things that our youth group did was we would go to the Philippines on missions trips, several missions trips a year um, to the Philippines, to the feeding stations, to preach to people in the slums and, it was, and the garbage dumps and I went three different times. Rachel went at least three times, four times. And this first time, this very first trip, I actually had the honor of I was sharing a hotel room with Rachel's dad. <laughs> and we weren't even thinking about dating at this time. She's, she's a little older than me, so uh, it would have been weird. But Rachel's dad had such a relationship with the Holy Spirit that I just wanted to hang out with him because I wanted what he had. And I had, I had this habit of stealing books from my dad's office. 
I don't even know if you know about that, but I did. I had this habit of stealing books from my dad's office about things that I was interested in. Several of those books radically changed my life. And one of the books that I stole was a book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Anybody ever read it? And at the end of this book, this, this whole book is Benny Hinn laying out the story of his relationship with the Holy Spirit and how it's radically changed his life and his ministry and how his entire ministry, and you know his name, his entire ministry was built on this man saying, I want to be friends with the Holy Spirit. That's really the truth. Because he had seen Catherine Kuhlman talk about her relationship with the Holy Spirit, and he was stirred with hunger to say, I want a relationship with the Holy Spirit like that. And so he began to invite the Holy Spirit into friendship with himself. He began to say, Holy Spirit, I'd really like to be a friend of yours. And surprise, surprise, the Holy Spirit showed up. It's not a surprise at all, folks. And he woke up that next day and the Holy Spirit was just in the room and he said, good morning, Holy Spirit. Hence the name of the book. And at the end of this book, I'm in the Philippines and I'm reading this book. I'm sitting in the, in the hotel room and I'm reading this book and at the end of this book, there was a prayer though, that Benny Hinn wrote down and said, if you would like to have friendship with the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray this prayer. And it was a very simple prayer. It was just something like, Holy Spirit, I'd like to be friends with you. It was very simple. But I closed the book and I braced myself because I sensed the presence of the God in the room in such a powerful way, I knew something was, gonna, was about to happen. And I just prayed the prayer. Holy Spirit, can we be friends? And there was no explosion. I didn't see angels, nothing like that. But I opened my eyes. And in front of me, I could see with my eyes this outline of a human figure in the room. And I was like, is that you, Holy Spirit? And he said, yes. When he spoke, it was in here. Not, not here, but I could see him with my eyes. This was a very weird experience. And he said to me, I want you to watch me tonight. I said, okay. And right about that time, somebody knocked on the door. It's time to go. So I got up and I walked and I was like, are you going with me? And he was like, yeah, yes, just watch me. And I went and I got in the jeepney. If you don't know what a jeepney is, I really, I, I wish we had them. They're so cool. But anyway, it's a, it's a truck, basically, you sit in the back of. But they have in the Philippines. We got in the jeepney, and we went off, and we went to this church. And we weren't there to minister. We were just there to attend. Uh, although we were going to, I think our, our youth pastor who was leading the trip, he was going to be preaching that night. And we drove to this church, and we walked into this church, and man, it was this crazy, crazy, awesome worship time. Filipinos know how to worship better than anybody. And they were worshiping like crazy every Ron Canoli song you ever heard. It was 
Anybody? Ron Canoli? No? Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, the worship leader, I don't, I don't know if it was that, it was that church, but I don't know if it was that time, but he changed his shirt three times during worship because he was just sweating through them. It's hot. It's the Philippines, all right? So we're watching worship, and I'm watching the Holy Spirit just walking around, walking around, moving around through the thing, and, 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 just, and I'd just see him just brush up against people, and I would see them, their, their aspect would change, and I would see him go over here, and then, and then the pastor got up, and he began to pray, and the Holy Spirit just walks up behind him, just kind of puts his arm around him like this, and the, the atmosphere of the room just shifted in that moment, and I'm going, what is happening? And then Rachel's dad got up and he sang the song that he was famous for, Midnight Cry. And as he sang, I watched the Holy Spirit come up and just step inside Donnie Parent, just boom, to where I couldn't see the difference between Donnie and the Holy Spirit. And at that point, I fell out of my chair onto the floor. I don't even remember what happened. And that night, after this whole thing was over, I watched the Holy Spirit minister during the preaching time, and I watched the Holy Spirit uh, standing with our youth pastor as he was preaching. That night after the time, I'm laying in my bed in the hotel room, and I'm just talking to him like a friend. Because Benny Hinn told me that he could be my friend. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what's going, what, tell me about what I saw today. Tell me about what I experienced. Tell me. Talk to me about this. And he just said to me, I'm always there. You just don't always see me. And I'm always doing exactly that. You just don't always know. He said, I wanted to let you in on what I was up to because you wanted to be my friend. And I want us to stay friends. <laughs> and I want us to talk. We're still friends. I was 16 then. I'm 42 now. The Holy Spirit over the next few years became the closest friend that I had. And I spoke to him about everything. And as I was preparing for this morning's sermon, I heard him saying to me, I've never had that experience, by the way, again, the But I heard him saying to me this morning that there was going to be a room full of people here this morning and he wanted to be friends with you all. And you might say, aren't we supposed to, do, do we, are we allowed to pray directly to the Holy Spirit? Absolutely, there is no reason why you should not. And what does this mean about my relationship with Jesus? They're the same. It's the same. You're not, you don't have to worry about Jesus and the Father getting jealous because of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not like that. And when Jesus says things like, abide in me, and I will abide in you, he is talking about the Holy Spirit. And when we say things like, enter into the presence of the Lord, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. In both Romans 8 and Galatians 4, the Bible tells us it's the Holy Spirit that puts the cry of Abba, Father, inside of us. So there is no reason to feel weird about that. 
but to be awake and to be aware in every moment of, of our lives that the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. The Apostle Paul tells us that we, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means he's here. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. Even if you've not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. There is a different thing that happens when we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I will absolutely pray with anybody in this room that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's super easy. We kind of mystify and make it scary and weird. It's not. It's not scary or weird. It's great and it's easy. It's not hard. I helped somebody get baptized with the Holy Spirit via text message. It's not difficult. I'm happy to pray with you if that's something that you would like me to do. But this, this is what I'm talking about today is an intentional decision to ask the Holy Spirit for a deeper relationship than you've had before. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've not, you're not even following Jesus at this time, and if that's true, today's your day. This is your moment. There is no reason to wait. Jesus will come into your life, and the Holy Spirit will come with him. Let's bow our heads. There's so much to say about what it looks like to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I just sense that now's the time, so we're going to save that for another day. The first thing we have to make sure of in order to begin a relationship with the Holy Spirit is, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? And if you are, or maybe you were, but you've kind of fallen away a bit, it's time to come home. So I want to invite you right now, just as all the heads are bowed and the eyes are closed, if you would like to begin or re-begin a relationship with Jesus to ask him to wash your sins away and to make you a child of God again. I just invite you to raise your hand. I don't do this often, but I feel like I need to this morning. Just a couple hands. I'm going to pray a prayer. I just want to invite everybody in the room to repeat this prayer with me, and then we'll move on to the next thing. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I want to belong to you. Will you forgive me for my sins? Will you give me your Holy Spirit? Will, we, will you make me yours?
I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The second thing that we need to do is recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit is always with us. One of the ways that I do this to remind myself that the Holy Spirit is with me is, and this might seem a little weird, but I'm going to invite you to do it, is I put my hand on my chest like this, and I actually say, Hi, Holy Spirit. You could say that. It's okay. Hi, Holy Spirit. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, He's there. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you just say, hi, Holy Spirit. It breaks some of the mysticism. We don't need that. There's, we don't need to be spooky. It's not necessary. The Holy Spirit's here. He's in you now. And hi, Holy Spirit is a great way to start a conversation. In order to have a relationship with Him, we have to know that He's always there. And that you can, at any moment, have a conversation with Him. So right now, I wanted, we're going to close our eyes again. Right now. If this is something you want to do and you want to put your hand on your heart and, and begin to talk to the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to do that. But I want you to just begin to speak to Him. You don't have to speak loud. He can hear you fine. Just begin to speak to him. Holy Spirit, help me know you're here. And as we do this, I want you, if this is something you want, if this is something you desire, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I want you to just tell him that. Just tell him, Holy Spirit, I, I want to be your friend. I want to hear your voice. I want to partner with you. Ask him questions. Tell him about your day. If it feels awkward, tell him it feels awkward. If you don't know what to do, tell him you don't know what to do. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to, move, to, to awaken us. You're close. You're here. You're within us. Awaken us to your presence. Open our spiritual ears to your voice. Open our spiritual eyes to the things you want to show us. Soften our hearts so that we can be moved by you. Loosen our necks so that we can turn when you want us to turn. 
I pray this morning, even as I've been praying all weekend, that there would be a, a moment, a real moment right now in this service that would begin deep, lifelong relationships between the people in this room and you, Holy Spirit. Would you hear their prayers and hear mine and move in close to these, young, these men, these women, these young people, these children? Would you, would you, oh God, would you do it? Please, Holy Spirit, let us hear you. Let us know you. Show us Jesus. Draw us to the Father. The final thing that I'm going to do, let's stand. I want to I want to say this: these altars are open. They're open every week. If you would like prayer for anything, you can come up. If you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, these altars are open. I'll pray for you uh, with that about that. Absolutely, let's make that happen. Right? The Holy Spirit's ready to get to 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 do that. Jesus loves to give gifts to His children. The final thing that we have to do to be friends of the Holy Spirit is we have to step into partnership with Him. That means when He tells you to do something, when you're not in, whether you're in this room or out of it, that you do it. Because the Bible talks about this thing called grieving the Spirit. And every time we hear the voice of the Spirit and refuse to obey, it makes it harder for us to hear Him next time. Did you hear that? That's a scary thing, but it's real. Every time we hear the voice of the Spirit and we refuse to obey, it makes it harder to hear Him the next time. It's like we're stuffing wax in our ears. So I want to pray for you and bless you as you go that the Holy Spirit would ask you to do some pretty bold things this week and that you would do them. How many of you are in for that prayer? Me included. I'm in. Holy Spirit has asked me to do some weird stuff over the years. It's always been awesome, but, you know, that when I actually obeyed, it's actually been awesome. But, all right. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for divine opportunities, divine moments, holy setups, Lord, where our people go. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would hear your voice and that they would be in the right place at the right time to see the inbreaking of the kingdom somewhere outside these doors in the next seven days. And Lord, I pray you'd give them the boldness and the faith to do it, even if it seems silly to them. Lord, I pray for important conversations to happen. I pray for important moments of prayer to happen. Lord, I pray for important moments where a, a, a God word needs to be spoken into a human life. And Lord, that it would be there. Jesus, you promised us you would tell us what to say and I ask you to do it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen? Are you ready for a good week? All right. Get out there and be friends with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a great week.